No? Okay. I'm telling you, technology is wonderful. And the only time those people will hear about it is, is if something like this happens, and I'm, I'm telling you the 99.9% of the time that it doesn't, sometimes we're a little apprehensive about saying good job. Sometimes we think, well, that's your job, do it. We only get in trouble when we don't do it right. I'm going to give you one more opportunity. We're going to cover a couple things this morning before I get into the, to the, to the sermon this morning. But if you have a, a beautiful lavenderish, purplish, soft violet, I don't know what color this is. You know, when you used to get the box of eight crayons, it said purple. Now you get a box of 64 crayons and it says like salmon. Okay, I also know as pink. Okay, you know, all kinds of things. Okay. So if you, have, if you have your connection in worship hand, I open the front page. Okay, right here in the front page, you're going to see at the very top of the page, first step. And I've said this for five weeks. But I'm going to say it one more time. I do have enough books. I had some people that had to cancel last minute. If you want to learn more about connection, join first step. We do have a pretty cool crowd. Our ages range from younger to older. Huge span. You're welcome. If you're zero, well, not zero, but if you're, you're 12 or 13, you've made a, you had a relationship with Jesus Christ, we want you to come. We want you to check out our church. Check out what? I didn't do anything this time. Some of you after church need to go up and give, and give every single person that works in the technology booth a great big hug or buy their lunch or do something. Okay? Because I know that this drives them crazy. It doesn't really bother me at all. Because we have notes. So if you look there, underneath the underneath first step, if you want to attend, please, you've got to talk to me like today. Like, I mean, right after church, because we start at one. Today. Today, 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 today. Today, today, today. You know those great big car commercials? You know, today, today. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Works. Perfect. February 8, 2015. It's this morning. There's the title of the sermon. Do you see what I see? And if we're going to have the... Uh, if we have the... If we have the scriptures up here, okay. If not, if they stay dark, just listen to me and we can flip beside. Uh, uh, we flip into our Bibles and check out where that is. Am I bumping something? Connection, connection exists to make people feel comfortable. Connection is not a place. Did you hear that? Connection exists to connect with people, to connect with God's heart and the hearts of other people. Becoming friends with all people as we live in love like Jesus. If you're sitting next to someone and we can't get these screens up, and, and you're sitting beside somebody with a Bible, you're going to you're gonna have to practice some SOS. I've said this one time, other time in church. We're going to have to practice SOS. It's not save our ship. It's scoot over some. Get beside somebody's Bible that you can see. If we don't have the words, it's okay. It doesn't matter. We, we, some of us have went to church for a long time and never had it on here. We just had to read it out of our, out of our Bible. It's a convenience. Or if you have a phone, check out your, your Bible app. But it, today is the last call. If you want to join First Step, please, 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 you've got to talk to me right after church. Have to, have to, have to. I've got to get a book for you. Before we get, in, before we get into the, today's sermon, I want to ask God to... I want, to, I want to pray for us, because today's, today's sermon is not something easy, easy to digest, easy to hear, easy to break down, because sometimes we want to put up our walls, oh, I don't want to hear about that, I want to talk about that, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. Some of you are reading your message map trying to find out what we're talking about, well, I'm not going to really give it away yet. We're going to ask God to prepare us to listen. If you would, just bow your heads. God, we thank you so much for today. And we thank you for such an exciting day at Connection. We thank you for an exciting day that people's lives can literally, God, can be changed, can be turned around. And we thank you for the opportunity for First Step. We have people that show an interest, God, that you're bringing them here to Connection to join our church, to join this movement, to join this journey on us, with us, as a part of us. God, as we talk today about giving, giving it all away, giving ourself away, giving our, our, our time away, God, the things that impact us most, the things that we hold most dear, we lay them down at your feet to do what you want us to do. We sacrifice ourselves. God, we die to ourselves, like Paul said. Help us to be able to hear this morning. Help us to listen, not just to hear, but to listen and to understand, to comprehend. 
what you want us to hear this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. I was going to play a Christmas carol this morning. You know, do you see what I see? But I didn't. So I'm going to ask you this question. Can anyone in here see it? Can you see it? Anybody see it? There's people looking at the ceiling. There's people looking at the ground. It's not in here. Physically. It's in here emotionally and it's in here spiritually, but it's not in here physically. I want, I want nothing we can lay our eyes on. I want to show you this. It's vision. See, we see in ways that we like to see. Oftentimes, we don't take a step back and say, God, I want to know how you see this person. How can I love them that way? Oftentimes, we say, well, it's convenient for me right now to throw a couple bucks at them and then walk away. That's what we see sometimes. We see a need. Okay, I'll meet it real fast. Okay. But we don't take the time to look at that need on how God would want every day. Every day. I'm guilty of this. I'm in line with you. Okay? Every day. Every day. Vision is this. Vision is loving, caring, meeting, ministering, giving, serving in other communities as well as our own. Do you see it? Can you see it? See, it's a, it's a dream. It's a vision. It's, it's, it's going to become a reality. Connection is not just going to be Connection Mount Vernon forever. It's going to be Connection Mount Vernon and somewhere else. I've talked with two groups of people over the last two weeks, and we can't, am I doing something wrong? I, if I can change to a handheld, that'd be, that'd be fine if you want me to do that. We'll see. But I met with two different groups of people over the last two weeks, and this is, what, this is what it says. These people have opened up to me completely spiritually inside and said, Matt, I agree with what you're saying. I know the vision of connection. I know that we're going to go plant churches. I know that we're going to leave this place. Some people are going to leave this place. We're going to go. We're training up people. We're in a process right now of our leaders. Our leaders are replacing themselves. There's going to be a new person I'm going to introduce to you, to you next week. There's going to be a new intern in our church. Why? Because I'm trying to replace myself. Well, you're only 34. Okay. This is what we do. We train up leaders so we can send them. So they can go because Connection Mount Vernon is not the only community around here that needs to hear and, and, and see how people live and love like Jesus Christ. It's vision. But I want to warn you something. If you buy into vision, vision's costly. It's costly. Oh, we don't like that word. We don't want to buy a new car because you don't want a car payment because it's costly. Costly comes through our head as financial only. Costly should not go through your head in a church Completely financially. Costly of time, costly of talents, costly of money. Yeah, to do what God wants you to do. I'll tell you a little story. I have these, I have these Nike basketball shorts at home. Maybe one day I'll wear them, but they, they literally don't need batteries. They're so bright. I mean, they're just like crazy, crazy bright. Now, Nike says, when I bought them on the tag... Nike, the company that makes the shorts, said this. They said they're electric or lime green. They don't need... People, I'm telling you, shut the lights off, you could probably see me. They're bright. They're like that electric tennis ball green. And I was wearing them outside one day. About now, check, 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 check. Are we here? Are we here? Are we here? Are we here? Hello.
Penny. Man. We better? Okay. The company Nike. You may have to turn me down a little bit. I may get excited today when I talk about this. The company Nike says that these shorts are lime green. Lime green. Everybody say that with me. Lime green. I was playing basketball with some buddies of mine, and I went out, and this, this guy, you know, you know how best friends are. They just razz you, give you a hard time. They said, those have got to be the ugliest yellow shorts I've ever seen. And I said, well, they can be ugly if they want, but they're not yellow. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I said, they're, dude, obviously, they're lime green. When it gets to that much electric of a color, they kind of just blend anyway. But I said, the company, Nike says they're lime green. He goes, nope, they're yellow. You know what, when I got home, and I got ready to get in the shower, I took a shower and come back out, I said, you know what, that just, I'm going to check that again, make sure that I'm right. And I checked the tag, and it said, they say, lime green. Here's the lesson. I'm not concerned about winning that argument with my buddy if they're lime green or they're, or they're yellow. Some of you would argue with me right here. Just a little under half. So you say, well, that bottle's half empty. Other people would say half full. I'm not into getting arguments about this, but it leads us to our first thing on our worship handout. Look at this. Look at the screen with me. If you have your, if you have your worship handout, you can fill in the blanks. What a person chooses to see is by choice. See, my buddy said, oh, I'm going to choose to say those shorts are yellow. He was going completely against the company of Nike. He was pretty successful. I said, Nike calls them lime green. They're lime green. Some of you would say, this bottle's almost half empty. Or it is half empty. Or it's more than half empty. And some of you would look at it and say, man, this looks good because I need a drink of water. I don't care how much is in the bottle. What we choose to see is by our choice. When it comes to spiritual things, children of God, us, if you're a follower of Christ or if you're brand new to even knowing who Jesus is, maybe you don't know who Jesus is. I want, to te- I, want to, I want to tell you something what the Bible says. The Bible says this, if you're a follower of Christ, that's someone that chooses to follow Jesus by living their life for him. They have a relationship with him. They talk with him. They ask forgiveness for their sins. And, they, and we try to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells us to live our life. When we do that, If you're a child of God or a follower of Christ, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says this. When it comes to spiritual things, children of God should decide how God the Father sees it, not how we want to see it. Now that doesn't strike very good chords with some of us. Because some of us are already preconceived. You're the person that would, just for for giggles, you would look at me, just because you you know that story about my shorts, next time you see me, if I have those on, you're going to go, oh, those are yellow, aren't they? Some of you are like, just like that. Hey, you're going you're to choose to just be that person. But I'm going to tell you something. We choose to see things how we want to see them. And that's dangerous because we don't do connection things how Matt wants to do them. I see vision. I help, I help, I help train people. I help bring people up. But I have a group of people that work with me to see the vision of the church so we, to see where we can go. See, we don't, and we try to look at it not from our perspective. Man, wouldn't it be cool if we had a huge, a huge light bar and put smoke machines for the band? See, that's a worship leader coming out in me. Oh, it'd be awesome. That would be cool. But like Dave Ramsey says in his book, we choose to not spend our money like that right now. We think that there's higher priority things that we're going to go to. We're going to go to another community. Can you see how God sees? How does God see you when you look at other people that have spiritual needs? How does God see you? See, we're going to get really personal really quick. We're going to be looking in the book of James today. And if you ever had any history with the book of James, you understand that James is very, very personal, very, very rapidly, very quickly. He calls you straight out. We're only going to be in the 22nd verse of, verse of, the, of the first chapter, and he's going to go sharp right on us. So you can be turned, you can, you can listen to what I'm, what I'm saying as you turn to James chapter 1. But it says this. How does God see you in regards to spiritual things? When there's a need that arises in your life or, so, or someone else's life and they come to you, how do you see that problem? Oh, I can financially take care of it? Okay, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that can be enabling. How do we see how God sees? Number one, we have to ask Him. We have to ask Him. Now, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. 
How many people have ever done a CrossFit workout? Anybody ever done a burpee, ever done any kind of sit-up, four-count, squat thrust, craziness, wall balls, all kind of... Okay, here's the deal. There are rules sometimes posted on the wall at CrossFit gyms. And when you walk in, the number one one says this, check your ego at the door. You know why? Because there is not one CrossFit workout in this entire world that you can just go and do it as fast as you can, as hard as you can do it, and feel like a champion. Because <laughs> they're all not good. They all hurt somehow. The, the champion of the world, Rich Froning, I've preached about Galatians, the verse he has tattooed on his side before. Rich Froning is a four-time CrossFit world champion. And you can see videos of him failing at rope, rope climbs. See, we only see what we want to see. We have to check our ego at the door because sometimes when there's a need, we say, oh, I can just handle this. <clears throat> now, okay. Sometimes we need to step back. You've heard the saying, let go, let God. How about we step back? We sit, we, okay, God, you work here. Check ourselves back up. What we choose to see is by choice. Some of you, I, hope, I hope some of you have your water bottles and you just see, and as you, as you listen to the sermon, you just think about this water in this plastic bottle. How do I see this? Convert it to a spiritual matter. How does God see me in spiritual matters? How does God see the way that I do things? Am I doing what He wants me to do or am I doing it on my own power? Look at your worship handout with me. I put these in here so you can see them. I put these in here so you can see them. There, there are no blanks. There's, there's five of them in a row. I want, I want you to do. I want you to look at this. Some of, some of us after today may need to come. Me, me included. I may just tape this whole thing to my mirror so I can look at it all week. Some of us need to cut out this, these five things and just put it somewhere we're going to see them every day. Look at number one. Your emotions can affect what you see. Oh no way. No way. How about this? <clears throat> you ready? Saw it last night. And it's really easy. I was able to tell the parent of a child, of, of a student, that fast last night. I was at the Mount Vernon high school basketball game, and their son got a foul called on him that he did not do. And the parent just all automatically, I don't know how many people were in there. Emma was doing a dance routine. That parent stood up. I have no idea what they said, but I heard them from across the gym. Whoa, we let our emotions? Your emotions affect what you see. See, what the parent failed to see, guy did a layup here. Parent over here, guy did a layup here. Over here was this dude. Was his son? And his son didn't commit the foul, okay? His son didn't commit the foul. But his son hit here and his arm, like, completely intentionally. But he didn't do it. We get emotionally attached, don't we? When our emotions, when we see, when we see something, oh, kid. I could have got emotionally attached last night with these people that were in front of me. Now, I'm lucky that I'm 6'1", and I just looked over them. But Emma was doing a dance routine, and I was trying to video it on my iPhone. It was a big deal. She's six. She's in front of this huge crowd. She's doing this dance routine. I could have got emotionally unstable and said, would you just move? I'm trying to videotape my daughter. Now, listen. Our emotions can affect the way we see things. Matt, she's a six-year-old. They're doing a dance routine. She had a great time at the camp. See, none of it... So if you don't allow it to run through your head, it's, will you just move? Look at number two. Your attitude can affect what you see. Your attitude can affect what you see, or your attitude can affect how you act. I can have, I can have a rough day at work. I can drive home. 17 minutes, I stew about it. I stew about it. Set the cruise so you don't speed because you're angry, right? Listen, you know, it's, you know, whatever it is, just something at a very high volume, not country with my, in my truck. But anyway, I'm driving as fast as I can on cruise. It just stays there. Some of you are going to get that about three o'clock this afternoon. I'm driving as fast as I can on cruise. Now, here we go. Your attitude can affect what you see. If my attitude affects the way that I see and the way that I act, it's this. I have a bad day at work. Something goes wrong. Something, you know, I, nothing ever goes wrong at your work. Sometimes it doesn't mind. I drive 17 miles back to my house. I walk in the door. Mary doesn't do something exactly how I think it should be done. Boom, fly off the handle. Am I the only one? I don't, I don't think so. Our attitude can affect what you see. Our attitude can affect what we do, how we do it. 
how we do it. Number three, look at this. Your ability can affect what you see. My grandpa, my dad's dad, worked at Lincoln Auto Parts in Fairfield for 44 years. Okay, before we went all electronic on our vehicles, my grandpa could just tell you individual intricate parts of engines, all types of them. And whenever there would be something wrong that would go wrong with my dad or his, his two brothers' cars, my grandpa would go out and he would just fix it. And he wouldn't let them work on it with him, so they never learned. My dad doesn't work on cars, my uncle doesn't work on cars, and his other brother doesn't work on cars. You know why? Because they were never taught. Because watch, the ability can affect what you see. Your ability just gets in the way. Say, you know what? If you can't do it my way, I don't want it done. Whoa. You know what the scary thing is? Sometimes we say, we say that to God. You know, God, if you just can't handle this, I'll just do it. How arrogant and cocky. We can read about people that said that in the Old Testament. They got smoked off the face of the planet. I'm not, I have to listen. I don't have to listen to you. My ability can affect what you see. If you can do it my way and that's it. I know how to do it. Oh, I like number four. Your intelligence can affect what you see. Your intelligence can affect how you act also. If you had the degrees that I have, you would understand that you're wrong. You see how ego and arrogance just come flowing right in there? Your intelligence can affect what you see. How about this? I learned this week, actually, no, not this week. Let me tell you. It's, with, it's been within the last five, it's, Five months. I was thinking about another story. Five months. The last five months I was taught something. There was a, there was a student in this church that was at my house. <laughs> I love students. Sometimes you're humbled by people a lot longer, younger than you. When they set an apple, we had apples and caramel at our house for the youth group. I set an apple on the table. I said, hey, you need a knife? Cut that up. No, I don't need a knife. Okay, Hercules. I mean, this kid's about a quarter of the size I am. There's no way he's going to... What are you going to do? You're going to stare it to death? You're going to open it? And he goes, I can open this apple. I can cut this apple with my finger. I said, no, you can't. Let me tell you something about science and people. And watch when you get your intelligence in the way, I want, I want you to watch this. Some of you are going to go home. Don't break your finger. Okay, if you want me to show you, I can show you without hurting myself. You can take an apple and you can put it down on a, on a hard surface. Okay, Apple has a semi-hollow core. Remember this. You twist the little top thing off that everybody likes to you know, spin around. Oh, who am I going to marry? Whatever. And you put that down. <laughs> You're laughing because you did it. You're laughing because you did it. You put the apple down. You put your finger right over the top of the, of the core. And now watch this. You strike very firmly on the top of your finger with your fist and your apple will split in half. See, I let my intelligence get in half. I was just shocked. I said, how, first of all, I said, how in the world... Did you even know that? And he responded just like most students do. YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. YouTube. Last time I was in Guitar Center, there was, a, there was an 11 or 12-year-old. I asked him where he went to church, by the way. There's an 11 or 12-year-old that was just doing this with the guitar. I mean, just crazy things. And I said, where'd you learn that? YouTube. I said, you didn't have a teacher? Yeah, I did. YouTube. And he knew the guy's name that he learned from. I'm telling you, we can't let our intelligence get in the way because if we do, sometimes you're going to get knocked right off your feet onto your backside and you're going to get humbled like that. I said, there's no way you can break that apple with your finger. There's no way you can split that apple. In, and here's the deal. He split it in half and then he split it into about eight sections with his finger. And I was just sitting there going, do it again. <laughs> you give him another apple. And I was just blown away. Now watch this. This has complete significance this morning. We let our intelligence get in the way because we say this. God, I knew how you do this last time. Just go ahead and do it the same way. When he says, you know what, man, if you just hold back and you would listen and you would back up and check your ego at the door, I'm going to do it a different way so I can strengthen another spiritual muscle in you now that you need, that you're weak in. I don't like that. I don't like hearing that. That's my man, that's my, that's, my, that's my sinful, selfish self going, I don't need, no. I know how, you're, I know this how, I know this how it's going to work. I know how it's going to work. But if we let our intelligence get in the way, oh, I have too many degrees. I know how you do this. I know how you do this. I know how you do this. Sometimes all of that smartness is just cloudy and you can't see. You've heard this said, it's probably, it's probably happened at your house, out of the mouths of babes, Right? Remember I told you a couple weeks ago that I want to learn how to pray like my three-year-old. 
She blew me away last night. When's the last time that you laid down and did this? God, thank you for mommy and daddy and Emma and me. It's Lydia praying, and me. And thank you for my blankets. You're really good to us. Amen. Sometimes it's that simple, yet so deep. I was sitting there praying with my daughter and just completely emotional. To God, I want to learn how to pray like this again. So on the way to church today, you know what I did? God, thank you for letting my truck start. <laughs> thank you that I have a radio that works, that I can listen to music that glorifies you on my way to church. Thank you that I'm going to go to church and see people that are smiling. Thank you that I'm going to go to church and see people that want to be there. Just like a three-year-old said, God, thank you for my blankets. You're really good to us. Amen. We let our intelligence get in the way. We already know how to do this. See, I could have let my intelligence get in the way and say, Lydia, why don't you listen to me? I have a seminary degree. (laughs) Whatever. A three-year-old taught me how to pray. Look at number five. Your personal feelings can affect what you see. This is where it gets sharp. Your personal feelings. We're not talking about arrogance here. We're not talking about intelligence, ability, attitude, or emotion. We're talking about your personal feelings. They come in this form. I just really don't like that person. God, I can't believe you do this stuff. I can't believe you, you work with them. Be careful. You're, at, you're sitting in a church. If this is your first time with us today, you're sitting in a church where we say this. That video, that if you saw it the very first, we were going to play it again. It's not, a, it's not a big deal that we didn't see it. But that we were going to play the same video again. And it says this. Because some of you don't get in here in time to see the first one. I wanted to show it to you again so you would see it. But it says this. At our church, we do not care where you have been, but we are highly concerned in where you are going. There are people in this church sitting beside you, maybe, that... They can honestly say, my life seven years ago was not like it is today. I'm much better. My life two weeks ago isn't like it is now. God is working in my life. God has been allowed to work in my life. See, if we let our personal feelings affect what we see, we say this, that person hurt me a long time ago, and I'm still holding on to it. If that's you, I want to tell you about a Friday night thing that we have, 645. We meet and have celebrate recovery. You can deal with things like this. It's not about being, you know, you don't have to be a, an ex-gang member or an, a drug dealer or these huge things. It's worry. It's conflict. It's doubt. It's codependency. You want to make everybody happy. See, there's all these things. If we let our personal feelings affect what we see. How about, when's the last time you, maybe you've done this. God works in somebody's life. And you, in your arrogance and almost your pharisaical attitude, you step back and say, well, I wouldn't have been that easy on him watch. It will affect your vision. And if your vision gets affected, you can't, you you have no idea where you're going. Clear eyes. Okay, we have to see with clear, we have to have Rain-X on the windows at all times. Look at your worship handout. What you choose to see is by choice. It says this, the Bible. God's word is a mirror to help us see clearly. It has been given to us to help us. Now we're going to see, we're going to see about this mirror. And if you've been with us for the last six months, I was in James about six months ago. This is, this is what God says. Oh, vision, you've got to be able to see. Man, I'm going to take you to study James. Watch this. I'm going to take you right back here. God does that. <laughs> Maybe there's somebody here that, that wasn't here that day. But we have to check this mirror. And James talks about a mirror. And a mirror can be a very scary thing. Believe me. When I wake up in the morning... And I brush my teeth, I'm looking in the mirror. Usually the first thing I ask is, why on earth has my wife, can my wife really see is what I usually ask. Really, I can't believe she's married to me. You guys look great in the morning. I should ask stories, but we're not going to. But God's word is a mirror. See, we look at a mirror all the time. When I preached that last sermon, I talked to you about a queen of England that was, that was, it was legendary. It was a legend. It was a story. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. That she had every single mirror removed because she was so not okay 
with seeing yourself in a mirror. So you just had them all gone. See, we get that way in a physical mirror, but if we use this as a spiritual mirror, sometimes it scares us to death. I'm sorry, God, you want me to do what? I'm sorry, God, you want me to work on what? Oh, no, that's a pet sin of mine. I can't really do anything with that. That's probably just going to be mine until I die. If you have your Bible, if you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to be in James chapter 1, verse 22. I'm reading out of the New, Inter- or the New, Inter- the New Living Translation. It's a little bit easier to read. They're going to be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. But before we, before we, look, at, before we look at that, I'm sorry. Before we look at that, I want, I, want to, I want to ask this. In God's Word, God speaks about giving and he, and he speaks about tithing. Oh boy, we made it. Oh boy. Some of you hit the mute button. Tithing. Whoop, I'm off. <laughs> I, have, I have friends that are pastors. I said, what does your church do when you say the word tithing? Oh, they get up and use the bathroom. They talk to their neighbor. They start passing notes. Listen, I want, I want to show you something. God commands in the Old Testament to give. He does. We, they, give, they gave sacrifices. They gave money. They gave grain. They gave offerings. They gave all kinds of things. But they gave 10%. They did. God speaks about giving and he speaks about tithing. We see this. We see oh, offering envelope, put it in the offering box, and the church budget. We've got to give. Now watch this. All three of those things are mirrors. Watch. Watch. They're mirrors. We're going to see how they're mirrors. When we come in contact with these mirrors, they have a way of reflecting what we as a follower of Jesus are really like. Oh no, you know, Matt, if you could change that mirror from the offering one to the, I'm involved with, uh, I've been involved with two community leavens in the last year, then I look a lot better than that mirror. Here's the deal. God just doesn't have one mirror. God says this. God says, I want you to wake up in the morning. I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to look in this mirror. And I want you to tell me what you see. I see me, God. Okay, well then my work's not done. I've got to use another mirror so that I can shape you, so I can knock some stuff off, so I can chisel you, because I want you to look exactly like my son. I don't want you to look like Matt Griswold, because he says this, when you were seven years old. This is what he tells us. He said, Matt, when you were seven years old, August 13th, 1987, North 2nd Street, second level of my house, on my couch, with my mom, you asked me to come into your life. And forgive you of your sin. At that moment in time, Matt, 28 years ago almost, you died. And now it's me. You gave away. You said, the Bible says your old self has died away. We practice when we have a baptism. It represents the the our our, our life how it used to be. We were baptized. That that life was put to death, and we're raised again, new in Christ. So God tells me, I want to just go back and say, I say, I want to do this thing, this thing my way. And God says, Matt, you're not even alive. You're not even supposed to be talking. Your old, your old self is coming up. Listen to me. It's going, it's affecting the way that you see. Look at, look at the screen if it, if it's had James one twenty two. It says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. Ha. Oh boy. I told you it got sharp. If you're familiar with James, it gets sharp even before this. But it says this. Don't just listen to God's word. We're really good at this. I'm listening. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. 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 I was going to play a game with you to see how good you listened. I didn't want to play it in a big group because some of us don't listen well. See, listening and hearing and applying are not the same thing. James says this, don't just listen to God's words, you must do what it says, you must apply it. To have good vision, to go where you're supposed to go, you have to practice it. Listening and doing are different things. Hearing my parents say, Matthew, you need to clean up your room, and doing it are not the same thing. Now here's the deal, after one time of not doing my room, cleaning my room, I understood that not doing what I heard, there were consequences. To this day. My parents spanked me. They believe in spanking. I'm okay with that. That turned out to, I'm okay. I was never beaten. Okay, I was spanked. It was, there, was, there was discipline. Right? This is my dad's favorite thing. When I turn 16, I do something wrong. I do this. Keys. Ugh. Can I trade that for a spanking? No. <laughs> Can I trade that for mowing the yard? No, you already do that free. <laughs> I 
I knew that there were consequences. I knew that there were consequences for not doing it. Now, why should our mind change? If our, God, if our God acts like our Father, why in the world would the discipline change? Don't just listen. James is pleading. Don't just listen. You must do, otherwise you're fooling yourself. You ever fooled yourself? Have you ever fooled yourself? If you keep telling yourself something that's not, that's not the truth, if you keep telling yourself that for long enough, you'll, 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 you'll start to believe it. Oh, no. Really? Come talk to me after church. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about the lies that I believed and I told myself for so long. To the point of a very, very deep, dark depression. To the point that I really didn't see any possibility that I needed to go on with this life. It's there. Our body that you remember, you keep remembering. Now watch, but when we do God, we don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Now think about this. We're talking about a mirror today, and I'm I'm choosing the mirror, okay. You say, Matt, I wish you wouldn't choose that mirror. Well, I'm sorry. God did. If I held a mirror out and it reflected this, think about what you put in the offering today, or this month, okay. I get paid once a month. I understand about tithing different times. Okay, listen. Think about what you put in the offering today. It reflects and reveals your love for the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. Whoa. We don't like that one. How about the community loving one? No. Listen. That's a sacrifice of time. This is a sacrifice of money. Now I want to watch. Watch. We can get in danger because we say, well, God, a little tight this week. The, first, the, the moment that I say that, I get in, I get in uh, the Holy Spirit talks in my head, and I say, God, it's going to be a little tight this week. And he goes, oh, really? He goes, do you like those new 22 shells that you bought? Do you like those B2 speckle belly goose decoys that you're really wanting to buy? How'd you know about that? <laughs> Am I first or second, man? Because I don't deserve to be second. See, we, I use that. God uses that, that mirror with me. And I look at it. Now, you, you're just hearing this. You think, well, you could be lying. Okay, I'm not lying to you. We give. Mary and I, my, we give as much as we can over, over what we're supposed to because it's that important to us. We give God because he's blessed us. Look at what God's word says about looking in the mirror and letting God's word reflect the truth. Look at the next verse. Look at 123. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. It goes on to verse 24. This is, this is, this is, the, this is the part where he looks. Look, you see yourself. Mm, hello, self. <clears throat> and you walk away. Now, wait a minute. Is my hair really nice? And you forget what you look like. See, you're not looking. You're glancing. Glancing's not the same as looking. Sometimes we don't want to look. You know why we don't want to look in God's mirrors? God's plan is to make you look just like his son. Jesus Christ is not here. That means if we all look into a reflective mirror coming out of God's word, there is something that God wants to change in us. He wants us to be less critical. He wants us to be less sarcastic. He wants to be more, us to be more encouraging. He wants us to give more. He wants to give our time more. He wants us to be mentored. It can go on and on and on and on and on. See, when we look into a mirror like that, we don't want to because we say, oh, I'm good, I'm good, mm-hmm, yep, yep. And you know where those mirrors are. You know where those mirrors are. Because you can't tell me that if you have a mirror in your bedroom, you can walk by without going, oh, hey, right. You can't brush your teeth without a mirror. Does anybody, does anybody not brush your teeth without a mirror? See? See, you see yourself. Now when you're, hmm. yeah, but it's still going away. <laughs> tell my wife if it falls out, I'm just going to shave my head. Oh, well. See, we see ourselves, we walk away and forget what we look like. If we look in this mirror, that's what James is warning us to. Don't just look at this. Let God talk to us and say, Matt, I really want you to work on this and this. You shouldn't worry. Worry came into my life this week. And I, and I prayed. I said, God, I'm worrying about this and I shouldn't. Now, that's a CR move. 
That's learning a trigger, learning what goes on. I say, okay, whoa, time out. God, I'm not supposed to worry about this. I'm not supposed to worry about this because if I do, it's going to go here, and then it's going to go here, and then it's going to go here, and it's going to cause me to go back to a habit. I'm telling you. That's a CR move. I'm telling you. So I backed up and I said, God, I shouldn't worry about this. And you know what I did? I started looking around my house and just thanking God for him. Thank you for my couch, my love seat. I thank you that Mary and I can both fit on our love seat and we can snuggle up together. I thank you for our DVD player and our, and our Blu-ray player that we get to watch cool movies and we get to hang out on those date nights and we get to, we get to hang out. I thank you for the, the recliner because the girls can both get in there and they can both snuggle and they, they're really learning what sisters are. Before long, I was walking around my house like jumping up and down. All of it started from a worry. God, I don't want to do this. This is worrying me to death. I shouldn't worry. God, I'm just going to praise you. And I did. See, that's, that is allowing God's mirror to reflect in your life and say, okay, I have this. Okay, I've got to work on this right now. That's application. That's doing. Not the same as glancing. Look at verse, uh, we go, verse 24 again. He says, you see yourself, you walk away and you forget what you look like. We see this. The mirror is like, oh, yeah, I don't have, yeah, I don't have a problem. If you, can't, if you can't see it, it's not there, right? It's a lie. Oh, that's a lie. If you can't see it, it's not there. It's a lie. We don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to look into the mirror of truth. We don't want to get pushed to that point. Look at verse 25. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, he's talking about God's word here. The perfect law that sets you free. Now he's talking about Jesus, the only way to set you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Oh, great. Yes, I'm going to give Connection 100 bucks in 10, in, in 10 weeks. It's going to multiply by 10, and I'm going to get that much money. No. No, what I will tell you this. Again, because we need to hear it again. Because I talk with my wife again about it, and she talks with me again about it. I told her when we first got married, she was not raised in a church where she gave a 10% tithe, and I said, whoa, time out. I don't care if we make $4 an hour. I don't care if we make $400 an hour. The very first check of the month that we write to our church is 10% of our gross pay of what God gave us that month. And she looked at me like she was going to hurt me. My wife was 26 years old in Missouri. She was the vice president of a bank, a compliance officer, and a loan officer at 26 years old. Her numbers just make... She sacrificed her career to stay home with our girls. I can't tell you what that is. I can't tell you what that does. I can't tell you how that makes me feel. But she looks at me and she says, there's no way I'm going to do that. So I said this, Mary, we're going to write that check every week or twice a month, or once a month, or whatever it is. We're going to write the tithe check of 10% of what we make. And if we, at any point in time, do not have everything that we need, not not everything we want, if we don't have everything that we need, we will never write another tithe check. We've been married almost 12 years. Still write them. You know why? Because God says He's going to bless you for doing it. There's been times in my life where God does not make sense on paper. Guess what? God does not make sense on paper. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to do this. God, we've been faithful with our money. We're just trusting in you. If you've been there, you understand what I'm talking about. God, we're just trusting you. You didn't do anything ignorant or anything silly with your money. You just said, God, we just, we, we've got $2.13 in the checking account. And we've got to get to Friday. And Pretty soon you wake up and it's Friday. And you think, whoa. See, this is what God does. When we give, it shows that we love Him. If we serve Him, it shows that we love Him. Look at, look at your worship handout at the next blank. When we look at what we give God, it reflects and reveals your love for Him. If you have not been in my house, and you didn't know what I did, you didn't know that I was a pastor at Connection. You didn't know that I was a teacher at Wayne City. If you walked into my house and got a tour of the entire house, you see the bathroom and Emma's room and our room and Lydia's room and our living room. Now, living room has two deer heads in it. And you think, oh, man, he got lucky a couple times, shot a couple deer. Okay. And if you go into, past the laundry room into the man cave, 
I want to, I want to, I want, I want, I want to, I'm showing you something. Some of you, after, after I tell you this, you're going to, you're going to ask Mary sometime how she is ever married to me. Okay, because if you go into the man cave, number one, I have a deer at the taxidermist right now. There's seven more deer shoulder mounts in my, in my, in my game room. There's five European with a skull and the antlers. There's a duck, a goose, and two bear rugs. And some of you would do this. You would go, wow, I see where you put your money. Some of you, I go into your house and I can see guns or knives or, or, or Lawnenberger baskets or Precious Moments dolls or snowmen or Santa Clauses, whatever your thing is. And I could go in there and what I would do, if you came in there, you did not know who I was, you didn't know anything about me, you would come in and you go, well, your life obviously reflects every penny you make goes to shooting something. And my wife will hear from some of her friends that just, they have, they're like, I can't believe you let your husband do that. And my wife replies this, he's not ever spent one dime out of our budget to do any of that. He works extra jobs to get the money to do it. He saves up and he goes. That's what he does. See, I give God, listen, watch. I have all, I had those things and they're, they're all, they're, I love them. They're cool, they're accomplishments. I remember the stories, remember who I was with. But God gets first. God gets first. And when God gets first, look at this, it reflects and reveals your love for Him. I, t- I tell them all the time, God, I love you. How do I do that? And I, 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 I love Him by, by showing up to, to play in the band or, or I show up to teach a connect group or I go to another connect group and, or I do this or I do this and I show God I love Him. Because when, when I don't feel like it, I have to say, God, I really don't feel like it, but you have to see that I'm sacrificing my time because I know that this is important. I know that you're going to work here. I know the vision you have for our church, and I want to be there. I want to be a part of it, and I want to go. And sometimes I think he even smiles at me. He goes, good job. Because when I get there, after even if I don't want to go, I get there, and I go, I'm really not in a bad mood anymore. I like this. Look at Matthew 6.21. It's going to be on the screen. This is just out of the message. It's a little bit different translation. It says this. Jesus said, it's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place where you most want to be and end up being. The cold, hard truth is this. If you want to see where a Christian heart is, take a long look how he or she gives with their service. Now, I'm not saying that to say, oh, well, we need to look at everybody and see what they're doing and see if we're doing measuring up. No. That's not what I'm saying. Jesus says, isn't it obvious? The place where your treasure is is where you're going to be. If you didn't know who I was, you'd say, man, all you do is hunt. I can tell you it was less than a dozen times that I got to go hunting this year. Oh. If I came into your house and didn't know what you did, I'd say, man, you have $75,000 in precious moments glass figurines in your house. This is all you do. You have 75 different shotguns. I think that's cool. Some of you will be like, I don't want to spend money on a shotgun. I want to buy a Lawnenberger basket. Or I have six Keurigs just in case. See, Jesus says where you want to be is where you're going to be. Because I can tell you this right now out of self-experience. If it is something that you drastically want and it's placed above priority, I'm going to tell you this right now. You're going to do it. You're going to get there. You're going to have enough money. You're going to save the money. You're going to do it. You're going to get there. Think about the last time you said, man, I really want to do this. And it didn't matter. Listen, this is going to be real personal to some of you because it's real personal to me. God, I don't care how I have to get there. But I'm going. You know what God's taught me in the last two years? Sometimes you got to say, no, Matt. Sometimes serving me is not convenient, Matt. Okay. And there's days I'd like to call off work and call Jordan and say, Jordan, snow goose season, let's go. But there's this thing called work. It just gets in the way. See, where, where, where my treasure is, if, 
If you want to do something, you're going to do it. If you want to buy something, you're going to buy it. See, God says this, I want you to look, I want you to look, I want you to look, I want you to look. This is what you're going to do. Jesus says in this verse also, says, where your, where your time is, where your talents are, where your money is, there you're going to be. God doesn't want His followers to be giving selfishly. Unselfishly. See, my daughters have no comprehension of the value of a check that we write, that we give to the church, if we write a check. They have no comprehension of that, what that piece of paper represents. We'll give it to them out there. Watch this. Watch. Watch. When's the last time you did this? I say, Emma or Lydia, whoever, whichever's near me, I say, hey, you want to put this in the offering box? Yes. And they'll take it, and they'll do this. Woo! When's the last time that you skipped to the offering box to give God what He wants? <laughs> to give God what He deserves. When's the last time you came skipping into church? Now we're going to have skipping people in church. When's the last time that you came into church and you said, God, I'm so happy to give you my life today? See, this is, t- this is a mirror that we don't even like to bring out of the closet. Pray this one. God, how can I die to myself today? How can I serve someone today? That gets a little tough. Look at your worship handout. It says this. When we give with an unselfish heart, it enriches our life. It has often been said this, and I took this quote. Some of you have heard this before. If you have a getting problem in your Christian lifestyle, then you probably have a giving problem. Did you hear that? If you have a getting problem in your Christian life, the chances are you have a giving problem. God blesses those. We just read that. God blesses those. Listen to this. Just listen to these. If you give yourself in a friendship to others, you will receive friendship from others. If you make your life a blessing to others, their lives will become a blessing to you. If you will forgive others, others will forgive you. If you will love others, then others will love you. Giving is getting. If you have a getting problem, then you're not giving. And some of you are going to walk out of here and you're not going to be at all happy with me. You say, Matt, all he does is just get up and tell me what I did wrong. No. I'm not telling you what you did wrong. I'm telling you how we can fix ourselves. How we can ask God to fix us. The mirror. Look in the mirror. Some people don't give well. Some people don't give well. My question is, do you? Can you? Are you? It is, it is so encouraging to me. I'm going to tell, tell you. All of you are clumped into one. I don't care if you were in here for the worship service or if you weren't. I'm going to clump you all together as one person right now. I'm going to tell you this. I was standing right there. You cannot possibly understand how loud you were singing those songs. You gave God your worship this morning. Some of us completely unselfishly. God, I'm so thankful. Jack himself, God, I'm so thankful. He talked about where he'd come from in this life. He used to run away from the light. Now he runs towards the light. See, when we give with an unselfish heart, it enriches our life. I'm, there are some times that I pull out of my brain these pictures and images from me standing right here, and I look out and I see one of you, and I'm going, oh my goodness. Wow. And maybe I know you personally. Maybe I know something about your life personally. And I know how hard it is for you to do this. And I'm going, God, thank you. Thank you. You're working in their life. Thank you. And that get, I'm like, when I have a bad time, I'm like, God, boy, that was so cool. And I let that mirror reflect. See, the mirrors don't have to be negative. They can reflect good. We need to give There was a missionary woman, and I, I've heard this story. I'm copying this story off somewhere where I heard. There was a missionary woman, and she was talking to a lady that was Hindu. Multiple gods. And the missionary was a Christian missionary. She was talking about our God. And the Hindu woman had two girls in her arms. One, three years old. One, five years old. 
One of them, perfectly healthy, straight teeth, nice hair. The other one, her hands were withered, backwards arched, and wasn't mentally there. And the Hindu woman was crying, holding both of them. She was walking towards the river. The missionary woman says, Why are you crying? She says, I'm going to the river to sacrifice one of my children to our gods. The lady immediately goes into witnessing to her and said, Listen, the God of the Bible says that that sacrifice was made through Jesus. But the Hindu woman, the Hindu woman would not hear of it at all. And she walked down to the river and the missionary woman became very upset. Two days later, she saw the Hindu woman walking toward her with her head down and she was holding the girl that was crippled and withered. And the missionary woman walks up to her and said, my goodness, my goodness, if you had to give up one of your children, why did you give up the good one? The Hindu woman said this, I don't know how it works in your religion, but we give up our best for our gods. Sharp. That's a story. Give up the best. Give our best. Sometimes, now, we, sometimes, sometimes we give this. God, I had a ten, but I spent eight. I got a quarter. You can have it. Watch. God, somehow you can send me somebody to serve between 6.45 and 7 because i got something to do. I'll do it. You can have my leftover time. Leftover time. Leftover money. God, I thank you for this talent that you've given me in my life. Now I want to use it for you. It has to be convenient with my schedule and there can't be anything else going on. We put stipulations on what we give God. Now watch. We say here's leftover money. We say here's our extra time. I have a question. Why should God listen to us if we have just the extra stuff and we don't make him a priority? Why should he listen to us? Somebody would come to me and say this. Matt, I just feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling and they're, coming and they're, and they're, and they're just coming down and I don't, I don't hear God. One of my first evaluations without getting extremely personal with him, is what priority do you have God in? What are you giving? Are you serving? What are you doing? I can't tell you the excitement that I have about today. Today I'm going to have people join me in a meeting and they're going to discover things about connection And some of them, maybe not all of them, some of them are going to seek to join Connection. Now, no pressure on the church body that's already part of Connection. These people are needed to be brought up. They need to be trained. They need to be emphasized. Now, what that means is this. It no longer can be, God, I have extra time. Can I help this person? It's, God, send me someone to serve today. That is so hard. Connection's going to plant churches. Hallelujah. (laughs) We are. We're training people on the third and fourth Saturdays of the month. We're looking at locations. This is a real thing. Real. We are going to not just be in Mount Vernon. And I can't tell you, I got so excited talking about this the other day, I, was, I thought I was screaming. I can't do anything without thinking about that. Nothing. Nothing. Can't do anything. Hmm. And these things just go through my head. Connection's going to plant churches. Some of us want to say, sweet. Call me when they're ready. Remember the sky is falling thing? We say, call me when it's ready. I don't really have that time to sacrifice right now. If connection is going to go and do God's vision... If connection is going to go and plant, then you and I 
are going to have to give even more sacrificially than we are now. Now, I'm just not talking financial. I'm talking time. Some of us may be in the group that goes to the church plant for six months or a year. Some of us may say, some of you may come to me and say, Matt, this location is closer to my house. I'm going to give my life to this church. See, God, God, God is not into here's spare time, here's spare money, here's spare this, here's spare talent. God is, we are going to have to give like we've never given before. We're going to have to be serving like we've never served before. We're going to have to give our best. I look at this every week, and every week it goes down. On the front of your worship handout, the mortgage just keeps going down. One of these days we're not going to owe anything on this. <laughs> I'm just not under the impression that God's not this, that God's bigger than this. There's somebody in here that could probably walk up to me and say, hey, I just... God's blessed us. I just want to take care of whatever you have left. Use the rest on the church plant. God's that big. I've seen, I've seen things that would just astonish. I've held, I told a person this morning, we were talking about financial stuff, and it was this. And it, 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 is, it, it is a very, very bad thing. I want, I want you to hear this. I was at a church one time, and we were busting the seams open. We were in a town of 400 people, and in one calendar year of 12 months, we saw 76 people get saved. 76 people in a church of 75. We doubled in 12 months, busting at the seams, being very missional in that we were meeting needs, busting at the seams. The talk began with the deacons and the, and the, and the trustees about, we need to build a building. I was on the trustees, and I met with my dad. He was a pastor. We went and talked to this lady, and she said, one, she said one of the most unbelievable things I've ever heard in my life. She says this. She gets in her, in her pocket, and she pulls this check out. I want to show you how big God is. She said, if they vote to build it, cash it. If they don't vote to build it, give it, to back, give it back to me. She was watching about faith. And there were people that were... They couldn't, they couldn't give. They haven't never, they'd never practiced. They'd never been pushed. They'd never been, they'd never been given the, the eyes to see a vision, to see what was needed. So they just wanted to drag back, and they let their arrogance get in the way, and they let their selfishness get in the way, and they wouldn't give, and they wouldn't give their vote. And I remember sitting in that meeting. I remember sitting in that meeting like it was yesterday, and the church voted it down. When I knew, and my dad knew, that he had a check for $450,000 in his pocket. She gave. <laughs> and some say, oh, what? maybe not. Did I mention that this lady was a part of our church for four weeks? <laughs> she caught the vision. She knew where we were going. We can't get in the way of what God's doing. We have to go. So we have to, every day we have to ask ourselves this, God, <laughs> get me out of the way. Let me give like I'm never going to give Again, like I'm never, I'm never going to not give now. I'm just going to, I'm going to give everything I have. I'm going to give my life. I'm going to give my time. I'm going to give with the money that you say I need to give. I'm going to give it. If I can give a little bit extra, I'm going to give a little bit extra. Some of you are going to walk out here. The only thing that Matt's talking about is giving his money. No, that's not what I'm talking about. If we're going to plant a church, we have to have people. We have to have leaders. We have to have people that are going to do child care, people that are going to do worship. This isn't going to go away. This is not a sermon topic that's going to leave because we're going to go. Some of us, some of us are like, oh, well, yeah, if a church plant happens, that's all right. Listen, this church is not a place. This church is going to outlast you. It's going to outlast me. And for some of us, we have been waiting a lifetime to see God move like this. We've been waiting a lifetime. Why not now? Why not be able to look into the mirror and say, God, what do you want out of me? And you know what I've seen God do when I pray that prayer? He says, I want this. I want this. God, this is going to be hard. I know. I know. But I'll bless those who put me first. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today.
Thank you for the ability to come here and worship. We thank you for the... God, I thank you for the voices. The voices that sang praise to music about you. The God of everything. There's not multiple, it's just you. And God, as we begin to go on a a journey to see a, a church plant, a new work happen, the leaders are beginning to stand up. The givers are beginning to stand up and give and to serve. God, I ask that you just create some kind of just internal revival in these people. God, that maybe we need to reprioritize our life and say, God, let me look in the mirror. Really, really show me what I need to do. Really show me how I can work. Really show me what this mirror is to this truth in the Bible. Reflect on me the things that I can change. God, and I stand first in line today. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.